All right, welcome to a special release series from Christ Church of Orinogo. We're having conversations about one of our impact partners, Black Box International. My name is Drake Holderman. I serve as the missional impact minister here at Christ Church, and I'm joined by Wade Landers and Roger Twitchell from Black Box International. These men are followers of Jesus and worship with us here at Christ Church. They're both husbands, dads, and they serve on the leadership team at Black Box. Wade is the president and founder, and Roger is the vice president leading and caring for the Black Box staff. In this episode, I have a conversation with Wade and Roger about the problem of trafficking and the ministry God has them doing to care for boys who've been rescued. This is the first of a two-part series. Episode two is available now and explores the ways we can get involved with the work Black Box is doing. I hope this conversation encourages you toward prayer, generosity, and involvement with Black Box International. Here's the episode. What's up, guys? Hey, Drake. Hey, Like your haircut. Thank you, man. It is a good, fresh haircut I gave to myself, and that's why I'm wearing a hat uh, while we record this episode. And and that's why we're not doing video, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I uh, was grateful and uh, that you guys invited myself and another member of the church to go with you guys to the Dominican Republic. And uh, we were in the Dominican because you guys uh, serve on the leadership of Black Box International. How long have you guys been doing this? Mm -hmm. Well, Black Box was founded January 1st, 2010. 2010. All right. So we're in our starting our 13th year. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. So you've been at it for 13 years. Roger, how long have you been a part of this? A little over 10, I believe. A little over 10? Yeah. You guys are veterans. This is a, a good work that you guys are doing. You've been involved in it for a long time. That, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of me to say. I appreciate that smile, Wade. You can't see the smile on the podcast, but he's smiling big. I think he's calling us old. <laughs> seasoned. Uh, seasoned is the word I would, I would use. And uh, honestly, you know, uh, seriously, a great example for uh, those of us who are younger in ministry and uh, your faithfulness to a specific work. You guys have both done uh, other things in ministry, but for, for a decade plus now, you guys have been working um, to serve boys who've been rescued from, from trafficking, which is not uh, an easy ministry. Um, it, is, it is heavy, it is dark, and, uh, but God's light is shining and uh, through you guys and your faithfulness and obedience to him. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourselves before we start into the conversation about trafficking and aftercare. Wade, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, your family, and uh, what you do apart from Black Box. Well, uh, my wife and I, Beth, have been married for 27 years. Uh, we have eight children. You do. Big family. Some of them uh, still here involved in the youth programming. Our youngest is 10. Our oldest are 26. That's wild. And so we've been around here a long time. I was just talking with you, Drake, as we were walking mm-hmm. down here about in the late 90s. Yep. Orinogo partnered with us when we went to do mission work in Haiti. And so a long connection. Yeah. Uh, been in the Joplin area a long time. I'm currently a full-time professor at Ozark Christian College teaching mm-hmm. in intercultural studies and biblical justice and organizational leadership. You are my missions professor. I took one missions class yes. and you are the professor. And now I have a job as a missions pastor. Wow. Thanks to you. Fantastic. Yeah. Depends <laughs> if I'm doing a good job or not, you know, on how well you teach, I guess, but... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate your kids. I was one of their student ministers for a while, and then now getting to work more closely with you uh, in missions ministry has been fun, and I appreciate you and your family. Uh, Roger, what about you? Who are you? What have you uh, been doing with your life? And uh, a little bit about yourself and family. Yeah. 
my wife is Elaine. We've been married for 30 years. Wow. Uh, we got married and went to language school three days later. Th- three days from wedding day. You're, yeah. You're going, where, where did you go to language school? To Antigua, Guatemala. Wow, Guatemala. Yeah. So, beautiful place. Would not recommend getting married and going straight to language school. Yeah, not the ideal honeymoon? or No, what? no, not the ideal honeymoon. <laughs> Too much stress. Hmm. Uh, but we're still here 30 years later, so thank God for that. We have two daughters. They were both born in Honduras. Hmm. Uh, we served in Honduras for nine years and then Costa Rica for 10 years. And in between, we were at Christ Church of Ornogo helping with the Spanish-speaking ministry for right. like two and a half years. Uh, I have two granddaughters awesome. that uh, I love and very proud of. That so, is awesome. I love it. I love been it. in Joplin for eight years Man, since we moved back from Costa Rica, that was very cool. And uh, I, you were not my professor. We just actually met on the trip for we the did. very first time, which was a blast. And uh, I don't know which one of you I like better yet, but um, odds Def- are in your favor, Roger. Definitely, <laughs> Roger. Definitely, Roger. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, you know, I was contemporaries with um, y'all, your kids and your older kids at, at Ozark, and fun to see, um, you know, their parents in, in action and, and what they're doing. You guys are seriously doing a great work. And uh, I know I mentioned that earlier at the beginning of the episode, and it's time to talk about it. Uh, what is Black Box International? Who are you guys? So Black Box International exists to specifically work with uh, boys under the age of 18 who have been rescued out of sex trafficking. Okay. We provide uh, specifically aftercare the space for when boys, when they come out of those types of situations, have a place to come to find healing, mm-hmm. uh, to to be safe, uh, to have a time to uh, grow and uh, see see what God wants to do with them in their lives. So it's it's a hard work, but it's a really really good work. Yeah, yeah. How did this start? When did the uh, the Genesis story of Black Box? Can you share that with us? Yeah, you know, really two thousand. Seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, I was traveling quite a bit, especially in Asia. Uh, I was a missions pastor at the time, and the church was doing a lot of work in that region. We were taking groups over to do prayer walking trips, mm-hmm. um, and I just kept encountering it. Um, when I got to Cambodia, we went to visit Rafa House, one of their first sites that they ever right. opened, and. Uh, when we first came in, Krista Welt was with me and Phil Casey. I'm not sure if you remember know who he is. With I don't know the founder of LATM and okay. good guys. And we we came in and while we were there, we noticed there was a a boy. Even though the home is all for girls, and well, when I asked Stephanie to explain this to me, you know, what are you doing with this? And they said we just don't really know what to do with boys. We focus on girls. There's not a lot of places for them. And man, we just saw it everywhere. Yeah, um, I was prayer walking in the capital of Vietnam, and me and another guy just walking along the street, and and kids coming up and propositioning, and mm-hmm. uh, arrived at an airport in in Thailand, and a person approached us with a photo album, pictures of men and women and boys and girls, and wanted me to pick out which one I wanted. And so God just really wrestled a lot with us. So my wife and I, we began to pray and just seek out what to do. I pretty quickly said, I don't want anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to meet with Stephanie, uh, founder of Rafa House, and ask her who I can support financially that's doing good work about this. And uh, that meeting did not go like I thought it would, mm-hmm. sitting there at Starbucks on 3rd Street. 
Well, she just said, you know, this really isn't something people do. I don't even know where to direct you, but I, I think maybe God is working on you. So I'm going to pray that, pray that he does. It's a big prayer. And, uh, and then here we are. So st- still pretty upset with her. <laughs> she, led you, she led you to this, huh? Exactly. That's awesome. So, I mean, it's, it's terrible, but it's awesome how God has called you uh, to this work and, and, and founding this work. Roger, um, how did you get involved with Black Box? After the, those initial meetings that Wade and Beth and other people that they called uh, to pray with, and then I guess a board was formed. Mm-hmm. They decided that they would target um, Central America and the Caribbean. And we were living in Costa Rica at the time. So Wade reached out and said, can we come down and uh, you can show us around. Let's mm-hmm. let's do some investigation. Let's see what's going on uh, with boys being trafficked for sex in Costa Rica. And I told Wade, you can come. I mean, I love when you guys come down, but I've lived here for seven years and I don't think we're going to find anything. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of laughed and said, okay, we'll come down. And pretty much uh, as soon as they landed, we started having conversations with people and found out that it is, in fact, a very big deal mm-hmm. in Costa Rica and many other places, and it's just not talked about. Right. And so, uh, Wade, because I speak Spanish and had lived in different places in Central America, he invited me to be a part of all of the survey trips. Uh, and so he and I did six of them, and at the end... It was like, well, you want to be a part of this uh, yeah. in an ongoing way or not? And my wife and I prayed about it because we did not. I think anyone, anyone in their right mind would not want to be a part of this. And yet, once you hear about it, you, you can't unknow what you know. And so mm-hmm. uh, we, along, you know, just like Wade mentioned, we submitted to uh, where we believe God was was nudging us, pushing us, pulling us, and have been helping Black Box ever since. So, Roger, you just talked about the survey trips and going throughout the uh, Central America and the Caribbean. What were you guys praying for? What were you guys looking for uh, when you were on those trips? The, uh, the team, the board, the volunteers, we'd been really praying, where should we start a work like this in, in the world. Uh, there are some regions that are just hot spots. Um, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, that region is a hot spot. When we began to really do research, we discovered that so was Central America and the Caribbean. Mm. Uh, they had seen an explosion of the trafficking of people for sex, especially after the tsunami in Asia, you know, many years back. And so we had a lot of connections there. We thought this was a place to do. We identified seven countries that would be uh, places to explore and, uh, and to really seek out where would God want us to start. Each of those trips, we took board members and different volunteers, and we would set up what we could ahead of time to talk to people about the issue, but also would trust that God would use each of those people to introduce us to the people that we need to talk to. And, and he did. We were just praying, God, show us what we should do. Mm-hmm. And where should we be? Um, when we, we did seven of them, Roger actually did all seven. Um, I was on six of them. 
when we got to the Dominican Republic, which was kind of a last-minute addition. Oh, really? Uh, that year, the U.S. State Department every year puts out a thing called the Trafficking in Persons Report, the TIP report. And that particular year, the Dominican Republic was the only one in the Central American Caribbean regions that had the lowest score, t- Tier 3. And so we added it. We said, let's go in. We're probably not going to go here. Uh, by the end of the trip, it was confirmed this is exactly where we're supposed to be. Hmm. Uh, God was leading us to, to Christians on the ground, Dominican believers who uh, already had a heart for some of these things, churches that we could connect with, uh, incredible need. Uh, right around that time, a, a small survey had been done trying to guesstimate how much is being, how, how many kids are being trafficked hmm. on the island, have a lot of tourism, uh, especially tourism from Europe. And, and best guess of Mason at that time is they they said that as many as 10,000 kids may be involved in, in trafficking. Wow. And so we came back, prayed, looked through all the notes from all the trips, got together um, and really wrestled with it. In the end, uh, it was, everybody was in full agreement. By far, the first place to start was the Dominican Republic. Okay. Sex trafficking is the work that you're working against. Sure. Um, what for for people who are unaware of sex trafficking? How would you guys define the problem, and how is that problem seen in the Dominican Republic? Um, how is it? What are the evidences that you guys see in the in the Dominican? So trafficking in people could be a broad category. It could be for mm-hmm. sex. It could be for labor. Could be, we specifically work in the area of sex trafficking when when people are using force or violence or threats or coercion. Um, in order to make money off of someone having sex mm-hmm. uh, with a person. We work specifically with boys, and we work primarily with boys who are under the age of 18. Uh, sadly, that there's a lot right. of that around the world. Um, it's hard to get people to believe that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the number one thing when we talk to people. is like, this is what we work with, and they usually say, I just had no idea that would happen. Um, there is starting to be some growing awareness of it, sure. Uh, but still, it's just not really something that's talked about very much. In the Dominican Republic, once we decided that's where we would start, uh, we did several more research trips, not only for where to locate or, or the people to start or the legal setup that would need to take place, but also to really understand the issue better on the island. Um, and one of the big issues they struggle with is sex tourism. People who come in for a holiday, maybe an all-inclusive, and there's a lot of things they're wanting to do, but they are also looking for sex. And honestly, for all the years we've been going down there now, we, we run into people all the time sit, sitting on the plane next to you bragging about what they're getting ready to go do or uh, running into them at a restaurant and they're talking about the persons that they just hired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's interesting. It's usually older men. Um, a lot of times they've really come up with some their own justification for why this is okay. It, you know, if, if we didn't do this and we didn't give her this money, she wouldn't have any, you know, money to, to live off of. Or, uh, But in the end, it is just the sexual abuse and the rape of children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's why we're there. When we were on our trip, Roger, you and I were, we were all leaving a restaurant and you and I were kind of in the back of the group walking and you said to me, hey, look over there at that table. And it was an 
older man, I don't know, probably 60 to 70, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. And then at the table with him was a young Dominican girl, maybe 20, right? Right. Uh, they did not belong together at that well, table. Um, and you pointed out to me, um, well, well, explain to me what some of these men are doing. If you remember, you told me about their um, kind of getting the whole package, right? A, a relationship and the sex and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you see in the Dominican, when it comes to the sex tourism, who are the main clients, that sort of thing, uh, coming in? Yeah. Well, like, uh, you know, like we saw then and like uh, Wade mentioned, it is a lot of older uh, gentlemen. Uh, you know, it was likely that you were not propositioned because you don't really fit uh, that profile. You're I still young. propositioned yeah. by restaurants for uh, for their food. They, <laughs> they saw me and were like, I got wants to eat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but someone my age and older, yeah. I'm 54, you know, we start, I guess, we must go uh, to these places looking for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, we've gone through our midlife crisis. Maybe uh, we're divorced. I don't know uh, what motivates these people to, to do that, but uh, they do. You know, it yeah. may be billed as a fishing trip and... So they're taken to a resort and they go deep sea fishing for two or three days and then they end the trip, you know, doing other things and that is included in their package. Uh, and I'm glad I don't know all of the the, right. the typical clients and how, uh, how uh, vast sex tourism is. Right. But the things that we hear... Uh, make me believe that it's a huge problem. Even people, just like here in the States, where they go from casino to casino, Mm -hmm. uh, they have a gambling problem. The same thing exists with sex tourism, where people go from country to country uh, looking for that particular thing. A lot of these countries, like the Dominican, are uh, economically poorer, and that's one of the ways that... um, People either can sell themselves or people are trapped into a position of being sold by other people for uh, profit. And it is just horrendous, man. It, it hurts. And that's one of the reasons I'm so grateful for you two, the rest of the team stateside and your team um, in the Dominican for the work that you guys do, because it's a hard work. It's a long suffering work. Mm-hmm. The work that you guys do, um, there's, there's several layers that uh, people do and, and work to help these boys. One of those layers would be rescue, right? Boys are rescued out of that. It's not the work that Black Box does unapologetically so. Uh, it's a good work, but it's not the work that God has called you to. Um, talk to me about, just briefly, how how might somebody uh, be rescued out of out of trafficking in the Dominican Republic, like the, um, the social services that are there? How does that happen? Basically, before boys get to the home, um, what's that process like for some of the boys? Uh, well, uh, a few different ways. Uh, the Dominican Republic did start uh, a special branch of uh, the police force called uh, it's the tourist police basically and I know that at times they are looking for underage kids uh, in places where there are tourists it seems however that their main concern is to protect the tourists from being uh, robbed or something like that but I we have seen uh, young people uh, escorted off of the beach um, by the the tourist police, they are then I think turned over maybe to a uh, district attorney, and they may go back home. 
that case may go on. If it goes on to social services, then they would probably give us a call. I know that uh, there's a ministry called IJM, International Justice Mission, and they have worked closely with uh, the Dominican government uh, to train and also have uh, accompanied the police, uh, the Dominican police, on different raids. Um, those are two ways that I can think of. Way, can you can, do you know of other ways? I think sometimes kids get caught up in either criminal activity or uh, social services may think they're just street children mm-hmm. or or issues that surface. Um, and then once they're actually interacting with the kids, they find out that actually their background is sex trafficking. If that's the case, they're usually going to reach out to us if it's boys right? Uh, to see if we have space. Our, our home in the Dominican Republic can only have 10 boys at a time. And so if we have space and can help with that, then we do. Um, So the boys are in the home, and I say, I use the phrase long-suffering. It's a long-suffering ministry because it's not the the kick-down-the-door ministry. When I was in student ministry, all the boys were like, I want to help people who are trafficked. I want to kick down the door, fight the bad guys, get them out of there, Mm -hmm. right? Black Box doesn't do that. Uh, You guys are past your prime when it comes to uh, your physical abilities. (laughs) Uh, That was just a little dig. Uh, That hurt. (laughs) Uh, I'm also past my prime, but... Uh, you guys do, uh, the ministry that you guys do with the boys is, I'll say it again, long-suffering. It is patient, um, it is kind, and uh, it can be really grueling. And uh, you guys are on the stateside team. Uh, you have a number of other people, even people from Christchurch, the, the Vaca, Sarah Hill. You have board members and Peter Buckland, Shane Wood, uh, who go to Christchurch here. So I, was, I, was, I realized when I was on the trip how many people from Christchurch who worship at Christchurch are involved regularly with right. the work of Black Box International. But it's not just the stateside people. You have a team of, you say, 17 or 18 people in the Dominican Mm -hmm. uh, who are running the operations on the ground. So, Roger, I know that you, because you speak Spanish, uh, you're kind of, I was thinking of you, Roger, you're like an hourglass for black box. Um, You have the English speakers stateside and the Spanish speakers in the Dominican. Mm. And a lot of the the conversation and the translation goes uh, through you. So you work very closely um, with these teammates in the Dominican can you speak on their behalf of the work that they do and um, what it is like for the boys in the home, the things that happen in the home, all of that? Yeah, uh, that is a, a daunting challenge, challenge because they are so incredible. Yeah. I'm not sure that I can uh, easily communicate all they do. Um, but uh, it is a, a difficult ministry. They deal with between seven and 10 boys uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are no uh, breaks in this ministry. And so the people who work with them, it's, it is pretty constant. Um, and everything that... I think the, the most impressive thing to me is to just watch how they uh, really, really do love the boys. The boys feel loved, they feel accepted, and they feel safe. They share things uh, with the staff that uh, someone would not share if they did not feel that the other person cared, uh, really cared for them. I've seen the staff cry mm. over the boys. Uh, they, they'll stop just in the middle of the day, especially if a boy's having a difficult day or uh, maybe you know just angry or sad or whatever. They'll just stop and, and just pray with the boy and sit with him and, and uh, encourage him. Uh, 
they do all of the things that we do at our homes. You know, food has to be cooked. Houses right. have to be cleaned. Uh, kids have to, we have to help them with homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they get sick, they have to go to the doctor. All of the things that, that we do as parents, they are also doing for for the boys in the home. Yeah, that's awesome. On top of that, they also have to deal with legal issues mm-hmm. and helping with documentation on things and regular weekly counseling visits. And I mean, there's just like a whole list because we, we try to provide a holistic approach to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the biggest piece of that is they also get to uh, engage fully with the church there in the town. Right. Uh, which is just incredible. And the boys love being a part of that, getting to be in youth group and, yeah. uh, and finding places to serve. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty amazing thing, but you're absolutely right. Those those 17 uh, amazing people on the ground are the ones who are who are doing the work. Yeah, they're the superstars. <laughs> yeah, they're the superstars. I mean, we you guys they they came and, and presented uh, to the to the group that I was a part of about the work that they're doing. And um, you know, Roger, you and and uh, Carlos were were translating for us. And it was I could have asked them a hundred questions at the end of the day because I was eager to hear what they had to uh, say and just the work that they do day in and day out was, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful work. And uh, Wade, you, you just mentioned that they're connected to um, the churches in in the area where the home is. And um, the boys are also very involved in the church. Uh, and re- I will say this at the very, um, I will say this, I, I appreciate this about Black Box, that you guys protect the identity of boys uh, very well. Even in, um, I don't know if communications is the right word, there you'll see the black box over uh, a face, and I'm pretty sure that's not even one of the boys uh, who's part of the home. Right, right. you guys are, are careful and caring and protective of the boys in the home, and rightly so. So I got to go to the home with the group, and the boys were, I think, were they at the soccer game, watching a soccer game or mm-hmm. something like that. So they weren't there, they weren't you know, paraded in front of the the Americans coming to see what the the work being done was. Um, we went to church and they were a part of the church, but it was never like, hey, these are the boys in the home. It was just, you know, I might be able to assume this boy was a part of Black Box, but there are other children in the in the church as well. And uh, it was just really good for me to be able to see these boys, not just in a home, but in community uh, with the church and the youth group there. And uh, very, very encouraging that they're that they're real boys getting to to live, um, you know, coming out of a really hard place in life. They're getting to uh, find freedom and joy in relationships with other children in a healthy church. And uh, man, I just appreciate that they're not projects, but you see them as people uh, who who are finding healing and rest in Jesus. And I really appreciate that about the work that you guys are doing at Black Box. All that to say, I was thinking about the boys and that point I wanted to make because we got to see them at church. And uh, Wade, what's the their involvement in the church like? Um, because the church in the Dominican is involved with the ministry of Black Box, not just American churches, but the Dominican church as well. So the particular church that they attend is, a, is an excellent church. The pastor cares deeply uh, about these boys and involved in their life. Many of the elders do, leaders in the church. Uh, they have a they have a decent sized youth group that allows them to just go and be youth in a youth group mm-hmm. type program. The, uh, they take them to church camp in the summer. They go on service projects. Uh, just recently, they were actually walking with one of the leaders and in groups, uh, offering house to house. Just could we pray for you? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, they get to explore it. No, no one is forced to be a Christian in order to sure. receive service sure. from here, but. But every single worker 
that is engaged with us, whether it's board members in the Dominican Republic, there's there's five board members in the Dominican Republic, as well as all the staff, and they're all Christians, and and they walk out their their own testimony every day mm-hmm. in front of these boys, and so many of the boys have come to faith in Jesus, and some of them are pretty on fire with him. A couple mm-hmm. of kids are. Uh, kind of prolific uh, songwriters, uh, and usually it's talking about, about what God has done for them. And Amazing. So yeah. they really just get to be who they're supposed to be. You know, we, we have a slogan that says there's a story behind that black box, right. and the story must change. And the reality is these boys were born with Ephesians 2.10, good works mm-hmm. to do in advance, just like every one of us. Right. Those things aren't negated because something happened bad in the past. And honestly, even as bad as what happened in the past, it's still not even who they all are. It's one part of their story. Mm -hmm. And they have so many other things, you know, really going on in their life and who they are. And so it's a real honor. We couldn't do the ministry without the church. Right. Uh, Whether it's the church in in the States who helps provide support. And and thank you again, CCO. You guys have been incredibly generous. Whether it's the churches in the DR that as well provide support Mm -hmm. and and engagement, um, but I think it's really even more than that. It's the it's the fact that pastors and churches and and leaders and churches look at them and say, "You can be a man of God," right? Mm-hmm. And that there's something restorative that happens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you realize that, yeah. I'm super grateful for the impact the church has. Wait, you you mentioned this to me on the trip that there's not really like a end goal that you you have for each boy, right? They get to set goals and, and things that they want to achieve, um, but it's really just allowing them a, a home and a place and a community where they can be, what you said, a man of God and and grow in that. And, you know, there's, there's boys who have um, graduated out. Um, I don't know if that's the right term, but... Um, who are over 18, I should say, right. um, that the staff still has relationships uh, with and connections with. And uh, I appreciate that 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 caring ministry uh, that the staff there, especially in the Dominican, has with with the boys. And um, and this is a this is a tough ministry, but it's a necessary ministry. And uh, we didn't talk about this at the beginning, but I want you guys to speak a little bit at, a, a little bit about it um, right now. Can you tell me how many? Uh, in, in framework of beds or space sure. are available in the world for uh, kids or boys who have been rescued from trafficking? How many places of healing right, are available for kids? Numbers are an interesting thing, right? Right, yeah. Um, we typically say that there's about 2 million kids that are caught up in the commercial sex industry every year. Mm-hmm. And on a, on a super conservative number, if 80% were girls, 20% were boys, it'd be about 400,000 boys a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those numbers are very conservative. Wow. Um, and so when you say aftercare spaces for them to find healing, I think people offer different types of things. Sure. I, I know some ministries that do drop-in or street children ministry, and it's all great ministries. What we've been called to is a very specific... Um, kids who need, need intensive care yeah. and sometimes for two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty intensive. It's a lot of trauma. Uh, we have a, you know, a counselor on staff who's helping us through those things. We have 10 beds there. We're, we're hoping to open a home in Haiti, as you know. That, yes. one, that one will have 15 beds. 
Uh, we've interacted with others. We know that there are some out there who say that they do that. We're, we've been trying to be pretty generous in this number, but <laughs> um, I'd say truly dedicated 100% 24-7 aftercare beds specifically for underage boys brought out of sex trafficking. Was that enough qualifiers? That was it. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we'd probably have a hard time counting to 100. Man, out of 400,000 yeah. conservatively estimated boys who have yeah. been involved in the commercial sex trade, less than 100 beds available for right. full-time aftercare. Now, not every one of those that we might be caught into, it doesn't mean that every one of them would need something like we offer. Okay. Some can be restored right back into family or a relative. Sure, There's other sure. services or... Um, but still, the number of boys who would be significantly traumatized, ongoing abuse that would need something like this is, is many more than the actual spaces that mm -hmm. are there. can be a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I tell myself probably a thousand times a year, the, the phrase from Andy Stanley, do for the one what you wish you could do for mm. everyone. Yeah. In this particular moment, these boys in our home, this is what we can do. Yep. And again, we don't know how long we're going to have them. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had over 100 boys in the home while it's been open. And, you know, that number changes all the time. But the average age for our boys is 12. In our Man. Home. Um, and so however long God keeps them with us and we get to invest in them and, and bring it, pour into them as much as we can, then, then we want to be faithful with that. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, talk a little bit about the, the future for Black Box. So right now you're in the Dominican. You have 10 beds right. there. You in the Dominican 80. Republic. And, and we also run a program called the Verge Project, which mm, for those yeah. over 18. Um, a few years back, uh, God really brought about a lot of stories uh, that we really don't have time to tell to bring us into the country of Haiti. Um, which you swore... You would never we would go. Never, never go you open a home in, in Haiti. Haiti. Yeah, and so here we are. Uh, I also said we'd never be in the Dominican Republic. It's true, so man. Here we are. Um, in Haiti, God has already brought about some great people on the ground working with us. Uh, we've secured land uh, to mm -hmm. build. Uh, Haiti is a, a place of great insecurity. Right. Uh, struggles with stability. And so the the model there will look a little different. We have to ensure that we have the ability to feed. Mm -hmm. protect, uh, you know, a number of boys 24-7, no matter what's happening in, in the city. Um, and so, Lord willing, this year we will be uh, building buildings and uh, hiring staff and working with the government to hopefully in that country provide a space uh, just like we do in the Dominican Republic. In May, uh, some of us are on a trip down to Honduras. We, we think God has been pretty clear that's probably the country after Haiti. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what God wants to do. We'd, we'd love for you guys to pray about that. We will. The team in the DR, the new work in Haiti, and, and, and God to make it clear if Honduras is, is the next space. Honduras, special to you, Roger. Yes. That was your, uh, your first landing spot for full-time missions work, right? It was. Uh, and uh, even though it's a very difficult place uh, in many ways, it it still has a very special place in my heart. It's still yeah. still my second home, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, guys, um, is there anything else you guys want to say about the ministry of Black Box or any encouragement to the local church on how they can be involved? Yeah, I again, I want to say thank you so much. Mm. Um, you know, CCO obviously financially supports, but they encourage in so many other ways, and it's a difficult ministry. Um, if you wanted to get really involved, 
the number one thing that I would say is commit to pray for those 17 workers in the, in the Dominican Republic that deal with it day in and day out. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, praying for the boys in the home, we really do want them to find uh, healing from their past. And, and we usually say, and also to find joy right now and, yes. and a hope for the future. And so you can pray for those very specific things. We will, yeah. And then, of course, you know, obviously, like we had mentioned, what's coming next in Haiti, what, what might come in Honduras, those are things come to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, those prayer points. Uh, and uh, as well, I'd like to say thanks to CCO. It, you know, we have partners, financial partners, prayer partners all across the U.S., but because CCO is so close to where Black Box's, I guess, headquarters are, yeah. Uh, our little office uh, at Ozark Christian College. That uh, means that a lot of people from CCO can get personally involved, and mm-hmm. many are. And so, just so grateful for all of those who who help in different ways uh, with Black Box. And I know that many uh, are serving in other types of ministries and help with other types of ministries. Just really cool to be a part of a body that uh, you know we can all pull together and and make a difference. Absolutely. And um, and through prayer, really hold up our Dominican and future Haiti and Haitian or what other staff, uh, we can hold them up and work alongside of them uh, by doing that. God hears our prayers. He does. Yeah. In the next episode, this is a two-part series. I wanted you guys to come in and talk about trafficking and aftercare. You guys are the experts uh, in some realms of that, at least more so than Wade's giving me that look like, don't use that word expert with me. Uh, You know more than I do uh, about trafficking and aftercare. And um, I asked Chad Brown, another member of Christ Church, who was on the trip with us as the ministry director at Schubert Mitchell Homes. Uh, He and I are having a conversation about how can I get involved in the work of Black Box and did not ask you guys to do it because you're already involved day in and day out. I wanted to talk to another guy who's not in the daily work of uh, anti-trafficking or aftercare about things that we can do as ordinary uh, men and women here, families at Christ church to be involved in this work. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you'll check out the, uh, the next podcast with Chad. And um, if they, if they want to find more about Black Box, where can they go to, to do that? The first starting place would be the website. Go check it out, blackboxinternational.org. Okay. Yeah. And the social media is really good. And that is your daughter, right? She, uh, my daughter does do the social yeah, media she, and the web, and, and she's incredibly gifted. Yes, that. Kayla does a, does a great job at it. I've been following on social media, and she does a great job. And I don't know if there's other people on the team working with her on that, but, man, they do a great job of sharing ways that people can pray uh, for the work that is currently happening in the Dominican, and I really, really appreciate uh, that. So blackboxinternational.org and follow Blackbox on social media. Wade, Roger, thank you guys so much for, for coming. I really appreciate it. This will bless the church. Thanks, Drake. Appreciate Appreciate it, Drake.